In this series, lowimpact.org and the Open Credit Network talks with people working to build a mutually owned, democratic, decentralised economy that builds community and doesn't destroy nature. We want to increase collaboration to bring about system change. Find links to the sites mentioned in the videos in the description below. Join the conversation by liking, commenting and subscribing to our channel. Today I'm talking with Debbie Clark of Unicorn Grocery. It's a cooperative grocery store in Manchester and the thing I'm particularly interested in about Unicorn Grocery is that it, it, instead of wanting to become a huge chain, they've got a toolkit called Grow Your Own Grocery to help people set up cooperative grocery stores in their own towns. Um, hi Debbie, uh, have I got that right? That is right, yes, hi. Hi. So um, tell me more about Unicorn Grocery, when, when did it start? Yeah, uh, so we, we opened our doors in uh, 1996, September actually, so we've just had our 23rd birthday. Um, and yeah, there was, uh, it was a, a fairly small group of people at that point. Um, sort of, well, the, the original work was done by a couple of, uh, no, th three people. And then I think by opening day, we had four or five co-op members. And really, I think that their main, uh, their main motivation was to create a shop that they wanted to shop in. They, they didn't feel like their needs were being met. Um, they didn't like what the supermarkets had to offer, but they were also finding it quite expensive and difficult to, to source the food they wanted to eat um, in your kind of more traditional small health food shops, which, you know, they were doing a fantastic job, but because of their size, they weren't able to, you know, really compete on price and range with, with supermarkets. So, so that was the aim, to create an alternative to the supermarket. Yeah. How, how big is it now? How many staff and turnover and things like that? Um, yeah, so uh, I can never remember the size, the physical size, but we have uh, about 68 co-op members now. Yeah. And we turn over around eight mil. Well, it'll be about eight million this year. Wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So how's how's business? How's it doing? Uh, it's great. Um, I mean, we've had. So obviously, we've had you know a lot of growth over over our trading history, and we've grown in terms of turnover, in terms of physical footprint, in terms of you know customer numbers, all that kind of thing. Um, Growth has finally sort of slowed down now. We had, we've had a period of probably about, I can't remember how many years now, but we were seeing double digit growth, you know, in terms of turnover for a good five, six, seven years, just year on year sort of, you know, 10, 15% growth. And to be honest, that, that wasn't sustainable. We couldn't do that forever. Um, you know, we're limited by, by lots of factors, um, including the, just the size of the site and the size of the car park and the size of the shop and, and things like that. But I think there's just been this sort of explosion of interest in, in the stuff that, that we do in, in more responsible trading practices, in eating wholesome food in cooking from scratch. Um, and, and I think as well in, in supporting businesses that, that are challenging the status quo in terms of kind of economic relations and, um, and, and motivations, you know, the reason we set up to trade was to sort of meet these these principles of, um, you know, fair and sustainable trade, uh, wholesome food, um, solidarity and cooperation. And I think those sort of drivers um, are really interesting to people um, at the moment. And when did you get involved? 
So I, I've been there 15 years now. I started um, quite soon after I left university. I, I moved back. I'm from Manchester originally, and I, I moved back and just picked up some casual shifts there thinking, you know, this is very aligned with, you know, with my values. But I, I had no idea that I would... I just thought I'd do it for six months, you know, while I worked out what I wanted to do. <laughs> and, and it turned out that was it. So you were interested in co-ops um, before Unicorn, or was it Unicorn that got you into the idea? No, do you know, it, I, I knew very little about co-ops. Funnily enough, I had actually been part of a small consumer co-op at university, a whole food co-op, like a buying group. But I didn't really understand what, what a co-op was even then. Um, and I, I was drawn to Unicorn really by more about the, the products we sourced and how we, the products we sold and how we sourced them. So I'd, I'd yeah. done international development and I was yeah. interested in fair trade and, and how organic production, um, you know, had a, a better sort of supply chain and, and less impact on, on people and planet and so on. So it was, it was really that. Right. And I had, the, the co-op thing was, it, it wasn't even, it didn't even particularly register initially but as time has gone on you know without a doubt that's become absolutely crucial for me and probably the, the most important factor yeah. um, what's, yeah. it like working, what's it like working for a co-op grocery oh, um, what's it like it's amazing I mean I love it I absolutely love it and that's why I'm still there um, it is an incredibly sort of empowering way to work you know to 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 feel that sense of ownership you know really feel ownership of the, of the business and you know there's so much pride that comes with being an owner of a business that you know we feel is doing a pretty decent job um it's amazing working with all these people who are, have kind of signed up for you know this this collective ownership and all these principles that we're you know that we're sort of grounded on um, the sense of all being in it together and, and things like having flat pay and not having a real sort of management hierarchy are really important for that. You know, we're all, it, there's a real sense of sort of equality and equity and, um, when you say and yeah. So you all earn the same. We do. We all, it's, it's, yeah, the, the hour, hourly wage is the same for everybody, no matter what sort of role they play in the business. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. um, how often are your meetings and how are decisions made? Yeah, so that's a good question. I mean, we, so at, there's always been a lot of things devolved, you know, even, even right from the beginning. But obviously, as, as the number of cult members have, has grown, that, that devolving has, um, has continued. So, you know, we can't, obviously, 68 people couldn't and shouldn't be trying to you know make all the decisions together so we have departments and teams um which make the sort of operational decisions for their parts of the business and they generally meet fortnightly um and then there's a sort of group of representatives from those teams that also meets fortnightly and then as a membership we meet between four and six times a year usually four um, and that's to make the really kind of, well, it's to sort of check in with each other and, um, you know, report and scrutinize each other's activities, but to make the really big sort of strategic decisions, um, that are going to shape the way the business, you know, operates over the, in the future. 
and, and the decisions on things like um, employment policies that are going to reflect, affect all of us. Um, we, we still make decisions on those together. And how are decisions made? So we use, uh, we use cons well, generally, so we've always used consensus. So voting, voting is a last resort and we very rarely use that. We, we're trying to make decisions that everybody can live with, not necessarily that are everybody's first choice because that isn't possible but decisions that people can you know that sit okay with people so so learning how to do that is is a process um and it's not always easy and it's sometimes quite time consuming but we do end up you know hopefully with decisions that aren't really making anyone feel marginalized or or completely unheard and you know um yeah, so you could describe it as consensus or consent. Um, there, yeah, there, there's slight differences uh, to it, but but there's there's definitely kind of compromise involved and and accepting that you're not always gonna, you know, get to the your absolutely sort of most preferred option. Um, but it's it's got to be something that everybody can live with. Yeah, I, li I lived at um, Redfield Community in Buckinghamshire for 14 years. And right. We used consensus decision making. Okay, yeah. It just means that nobody, nothing ever happens that somebody's really opposed to. It. Exactly, yeah, so, yeah. And if you, if you are really opposed to something and everybody else wants it to happen, you can dig your heels in and say, I really, that's really going to affect me badly and I don't want it to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. I think in the 14 years I was there, that, that only happened once. Right, and yeah. It was about a particular tree. Uh, to, that was going to be cut down. And yeah. So I really don't want that tree cut down. Right. Um, and actually, on reflection, later on, I changed my mind as well, and I thought actually he was right. That would have changed the view completely. And Interesting. Was, yeah. Yeah. We actually, in the last few years, we've used modif in members' meetings. We've used a sort of modified consensus where it actually takes three people to block something. So in a way, it's a bit more. Yeah, it's not quite. We just we got to the stage where when we had because at our largest we had about seventy three members. We've managed to streamline a little bit since then, but um, you know, as people have left, we haven't always replaced them. Um, but with with that number of people having having one block being able to prevent something happening, it was just getting too. Unfortunately, it was we felt it was too difficult to achieve. Um, but yeah, it very it very rarely happens actually, and I think there's a lot of you know talking and negotiation and compromises being made way before something gets to the meeting stage, so that ideally you're not in that situation mm -hmm. on the day, mm -hmm. um, and maybe something would be withdrawn and and discussed and reshaped, you know, to avoid that happening. And which team are you in? So I am in three. We're, we're generally on more than one. Um, although, again, as we've got bigger, we've had to streamline that a little bit because we were getting these teams that were getting to like 15, 20 people where it becomes quite unwieldy to be making quite small operational decisions with that many people. Um, so I am part of the education and marketing team which looks after, um, I, I mostly have a sort of role in, in communications with customers and, and the community and, and the wider world, hence doing this interview. Uh -huh. um, and then I am also on the team that helps administer our, our one and four percent funds, which is the way we 
distribute some of our profits um, to local and international projects that are sort of you know sharing our aims and values. Oh, yeah. So that's that's a fascinating and really lovely thing to be part of. Um, and then the last one is a, a team that was formed just in the last couple of years looking at our governance and management structure and particularly um, learning about sociocracy as a governance model and sort of, um, yeah, learning about that with the intention of sort of implementing it uh, throughout the business. Yeah, as you said, we met um, at the Ways Forward conference in Manchester yeah. earlier this year. And yeah. uh, there was a session on sociocracy. Uh, I'd, yes. I've never tried it before, but um, it's very interesting. So are, are you using that? We are, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, I think we, we started l learning about it a good, probably over a year and a half ago that that, that group was formed um, and did a, a, a short online course with SOFA in the States, Sociocracy for All. Um, but yeah, we're at the stage where um, most of our, our team meetings or circles, as we're calling them now, um, in, in sort of sociocracy speak, um, are, are using socio sociocratic kind of meeting methods and management methods to, to, to sort of operate, you know, their parts of the business. So um, it's been really, really helpful. I mean, a lot of it is just kind of common sense, but it, it coming in a package like that and getting some support from SOFA and other people in implementing it has been great. So we, we have... Um, we have shrunk the size of some of those teams that were getting too big uh, by, by consent of the people involved, obviously. Uh, people are sort of chosen where they want to specialise. Um, and we are generally speaking in rounds in meetings. Um, we've sort of done a bit of sort of, you know, re-educating ourselves about what consent means and what it doesn't mean and, and you know, what it means to object and how you deal with that. And, and another really, um, again, this is, it's, it's really common sense, but having well-prepared agendas, um, which SOFA has really supported us with, has, has made a big difference to meetings and, and management. And so are, are you a fan of sociocracy? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely elements of it that we haven't felt were a good fit for us. But overall, yeah, it's brought, you know, there's, there's been loads of stuff that's really enriched the way we operate definitely and where can people go if they want to find out more about sociocracy well our starting point was sociocracy for all which is a small organization based in the u.s um and we did a, a short course online with them and and then had some ongoing support from them after that um but there's there's plenty of other places i mean I've, i think probably all the different organizations interpret it or do it very slightly differently um but th th there's a lot out there. Is, is there basic information on sociocracy, sociocracy for All's website? Definitely, yeah. I think that would be a really good place to start. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how did Unicorn start? How did you get the investment? Well, the yeah, it was a it was an uphill struggle at first. I think conventional lenders were incredibly skeptical about this this proposed business that was going to be the size of a supermarket, but it wasn't going to sell animal products and it wasn't going to have a boss and there weren't going to be shareholders or you know investors having a say in it. Um, and the founders were going to be working on the tills and cleaning the top, you know, and all this stuff. It was just like I think the banks were just like, no way, this is 
this isn't going to happen. We're not, we're not giving you our money. Um, but we did get a lot of support from what is now Cooperative and Community Finance, um, which I expect you're familiar with. It's a, a specialist co-op lender. They were called... Um, ICOF or ICOM, yeah. Um, then, uh, but yeah, so, so they, they were very supportive. Um, and a bit of loan stock was raised as well by the founder members where people could buy sort of like a bond, I guess, but um, th it didn't give anyone a stake or a say in the business. It was just a, it was just a loan, a sort of no strings loan that would be paid back after five years. Um, so yeah, I think they were the main, the main methods. Do vacancies come up very often? Uh, yeah, we recruit like any other business when, when there is a need for it. I mean, at the moment, we're not aiming to grow the membership um, and staff turnover is fairly low. I mean, our, you know, staff retention for the retail sector is, is extremely good. As, as you'd imagine, it's, it's different from just sort of working in a, a supermarket. It's, um, it's something that we do ask for a fair bit of commitment um, from people. And, and yeah, there's lots of people that, that have been there, you know, five, 10 years and, and counting. Um, but yeah, we did, we recruited uh, a few months ago and a couple of people have left since then. Um, so we'll probably be recruiting again fairly soon. What sort of things do you sell? Yeah, I realise we haven't really talked about that. So um, yeah, that's a big, big part of us. Um, obviously, we, we're, we're aiming to compete with the supermarkets on, on range, but, but it's, it might be quite an unfamiliar, our, our shelves might be quite an unfamiliar site if you're coming you know, from having shopped at Asda or Tesco because the, a lot of the brands are different. Um, so we're selling um, products where, where we can that are uh, organic, um, lower packaging, uh, fairly traded, produced by other social enterprises. Um, you know, there's lots of sort of different criteria in our sourcing, but, but the bottom line is that they have to be affordable and taste good and, and be wholesome. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's not, it's not a health food shop, but we're also trying to avoid, um, you know, the real high levels of like processed food, refined sugars, you know, lots of salt and stuff like that. Um, but when you walk in, the first thing that hits you is this huge fruit and veg display. Um, that's where about a quarter of our sales come from. And it's probably one of the biggest draws, I think, for people to the shop because it's just beautiful. It's like super, super fresh, hardly any packaging. So you can pick up stuff, you can smell it, you can touch it, you can you know, pick three tomatoes off a vine or, you know, break a bunch of bananas in two. You don't have to buy everything in sort of assigned quantities. Um, and it's just, it's just really, really tasty stuff. So I think that that's a big draw. Um, and then we have quite a lot of um, uh, sort of basic whole foods to cook with. So your grains, your pulses, your dried fruits and nuts, spices, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and that's about another 20% of our sales. And then it's just sort of general grocery, household. Um, we have a deli counter. Um, so, yeah. God, I, wish you, I wish there was a branch in Tooting. <laughs> well, download our Grow a Grocery Guide. Well, yeah, I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that. <laughs> so, 
but what if you can't get something that's local or organic or fair yeah. trade? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's yeah, the like range that the supermarkets provide. Exactly. Yeah. So it's this constant balancing between, you know, trying to source more responsibly, and and having a range that allows people to to use this as an alternative to the supermarket. Um, and some things, you know, we we don't kind of stamp the whole shop with this sort of 100% ethically assured, you know, I, I, it would be lovely if we could, but that would both mean we had quite a small range and it would also price a lot of people out of our, of our offer. And yeah. that's, that's really important for us that, you know, that we remain accessible to as many people as possible. Um, so do, do you do refill stuff? You yeah so containers in the, in yeah yeah only us on a small range at the moment um we just started doing that last year and it's growing um and it's definitely something i mean there's been such a change in the landscape over the last couple of years of of what people want and what's becoming possible there are so many options now and i think customers are really ready to embrace that that way of shopping um so yeah we're rolling it out. So because you're not trying to rip suppliers off and, and, and you're, you want to sell quality produce, and, mm. and but also you want to, I mean, are, are your prices a little bit higher? Or do, do Gen generally, to... like for like, we aim to be competitive with the supermarkets. And is that but, because, I'll oh, go on, sorry, yeah. Well, it, I suppose it's that like for like thing that is important. So, um, I don't know, you, it's, it's hard to compare, you know, a loaf of Happy Shopper bread yeah. to a loaf of, you know, sort of artisan, overnight fermented organic flour bread. Yeah, it's good stuff that you but, say, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, on the sort of basic products where comparison is, is easiest, like, um, you know, your tinned tomatoes, your pasta, your porridge oats, your herbs and spices, our prices are really, really competitive. And we're offering we're quite often offering organic versions at, at a, you know, a similar price to the supermarkets, non-organic versions. So yeah, we are, we are definitely compete, competing. And, and it really depends on how people cook. I mean, it, it's possible to come in and shop very, very savvily, you know, and especially if you enjoy cooking and, and making things from scratch. Um, but, you know, if you want to buy loads of salads from the deli counter, then it you know it starts to get more expensive as it would anywhere to shop like that yeah. um but yeah we do we do price comparisons pretty regularly um obviously internally we're constantly checking our prices against the supermarkets and then we we do pass that information on to customers as well do you think customers come to you because you're a co-op or or because of the good experience or yeah you, i mean you have customers it, who go, go out of their way to come to you or is it just local people no, we definitely have customers that, yeah, people, people travel from a long way. Um, you know, people come regularly from places like Liverpool, uh, you know, Blackburn. City, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not most of our customers are within a few miles, but we definitely have people who have sort of found us and then will really go out of their way to, to come to us. Um, whether that's because we're a co-op, or because of just the, the product we're offering and the prices. And I think it's the package probably for a lot of people. Mm. Um, I don't think people would shop with us just because we were a co-op if we weren't getting the offer right. Mm. 
Um, but equally, I think even though understanding of what a worker co-op is might not be like super high, there's definitely a sense that it is better somehow, even if people aren't totally sure, you know, how it works informally. Yeah. And it's something we really try and shout about as much you, as we can. I was going to ask you, do you, do you explain to people how you operate? Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, we have a few sites, like on the outside of our building, really in big letters, it says Unicorn Growth Three Workers Cooperative. Um, and, and inside as well, we have that uh, on one of the walls in, in really big letters. Because um, obviously there's only so much information people can absorb um, in signage format. But then we, we do things like, I mean, we have lots of information on the website. Every year when we do the newsletter, we do a sort of um, annual roundup for our customers. We always have stuff in there about co-ops, not just ourselves, but the co-op movement, you know, more broadly. Um, and we do displays uh, from time to time. Uh, we, when we do events, we'll quite often invite co-ops, other co-ops to come and speak. So yeah, it's, it's a sort of a, a slow drip feeding of information, I guess. Um, and, and I think it definitely is being absorbed. What part of town are you in? What, uh, so we're in, we're in the south of Manchester in a suburb called Charlton. And what, what kind of an area is that? Is it sort of um, middle class, up and coming? Is it a poorer area? Is it... um, no, it's, excuse me, it's fairly middle class now. It wasn't so much when we, when we started. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an affluent area now. Um, to the point where a lot of us, certainly if we want, you know, people that are looking to buy homes, you know, we wouldn't be able we, we wouldn't be able to afford to to buy in that area um but in terms of our customer base it's surrounded by much less affluent areas um i'm at home at the moment in moss side which is you know not affluent at all it's kind of almost in a city sort of you know terraces um we've got lots of areas like that sort of ringing chalton and that's actually where you know quite a lot of our customers come from as well, as well as just from Charlton. Um, so I've, I read that you've got a, a sister organisation, which is a sort of a 20 acre land project, which is providing uh, produce for the shop. Well, it was, yeah. Um, it was. It, it was, yeah, we still own it. Um, so we bought that back in, I think it was probably about 2007. Um, it's 21 acres of land about 15 miles away from the shop um, and a growing, a new growing co-op was formed uh, to, to farm there and to sell to us and to other locals. Uh, well, it was selling to a, a, a co-op actually, another co-op. Um, but that, it hasn't, it hasn't worked out. It didn't prove viable um, for various reasons, which, uh, probably too complicated to go into now um so that growing co-op has is just in the process of coming to an end but they haven't actually been able to grow on that land there was there was also a lot of disruption from some work that united utilities did um with uh, water pipes going under the land that really disrupted the drainage um so that was a factor but yeah it it, it hasn't worked out and it's been an interesting lesson for us really in perhaps you know the idea of sticking to what we know um which is grocery <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And um, so, so what sort of ambitions do you have? Are you going to stay the same size, or do you want to? I mean, you want to help other other groups to start. Yeah. Now? Yeah. I mean, that we we don't really have ambitions to grow. You know, more than we are now. Really, like I said, we're we're limited by the site. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I could invite mine to join us as well. She's lurking. No, he, he always he hears me talking to somebody else, and he, he just wants to get on. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So yeah, we don't really have ambitions to keep growing. It would be amazing to see. Um, I mean, our our toolkit has been used many, many times. Um, I don't think anyone's exactly replicated what we do, but they've they've taken elements of it and. Um, we went to visit a place called Hisby in Brighton a few weeks ago who have used a lot of a lot of our stuff um to set up their supermarket um but yeah I think just seeing more individual worker cops setting up along similar lines would would be our ambition really and we do try and support people where we can to do that 